sing this morning, we're not just singing a nice song to get to the message. No, 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 no. We're coming before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, asking Him to reveal His heart to us, which He has right now, right in His Word. These are the words from the Bible. Chains be broken. So let's come in line with what God desires to do this morning. And let's instead of just singing a nice song, let's worship Him with all our hearts and go, God, this is what we desire You to do through us. Yeah. So chains be broken and lies be
Blessed are you who run to Him. Worship God if you want His best. Worship opens doors to all His goodness. So we're going to sing about the goodness of God. So let your heart be full this morning, because we deserve, He deserves all the praise. Sing it out now. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Sing it again. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever.
sounding great, looking great. Give your neighbor a high five as you take a seat this morning. Great to see you. Welcome, welcome to Activate Church. Wonderful to see you. If you're a visitor, if this is your first or second time to Activate Church, we give you a very warm welcome this morning as you leave the auditorium. On your right-hand side, you'll find a table with some white envelopes. Feel free to take one of those. There's some details on the life of the church. And if you can fill in a few details for us, that would be fantastic as well. So church, can we put our hands together and give our visitors a warm welcome? Wonderful. Well, do we have any uh, wedding anniversaries or birthdays in the last week? Any birthdays? Wow, fantastic. Come on up. Some crunchy bars here. Jackie, birthday, Brayden. Wow, 21, eh? Congratulations, fantastic. Well, wedding anniversaries for the Clarks. And your birthday, how old are you, sweetie? 10, fantastic. Well, help yourself to a crunchy bar or a chocolate bar. Awesome. Well, church, can you stand with me as we pray this prayer of declaration? Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's give them a big hand. Congratulations to you all. That's fantastic. Well, a couple of highlights for you this week. Guess what? On the 1st and 2nd of July, we have the School of the Spirit. Who went to it last year? It was awesome. It was life-changing. It was impacting. And I want to really encourage you, church, to come along and be part of it. The early bird registration finishes this month, and it's first in, first serve. So here's the brochure. Take one of these, register. We'll have a fantastic time. And ladies, the 11th of June. This is for all ladies, all ages. Come along for afternoon tea on the 11th of June. And I read in there, you will find a way to make 40, is it 40 yet? 40 outfits out of 12 items. I don't know how that works. But ladies, come along, find out about it. There's makeup and there's all sorts of other things. It's going to be a lovely time. So that's on the 11th of June. So that is fantastic. Well, today is a very special gathering because we're focusing on receiving faith commitments for global missions. Isn't that awesome? It is wonderful as a church, the legacy over now many years, in fact decades, that we have in investing in seeing disciples, followers of Christ, encouraged churches planted all around the world, particularly in Asia and in Europe. And today we have the privilege and the opportunity to partner together. And uh, it truly is something that we do together. So that's going to be awesome. Well, why don't we stand to our feet and continue with our worship? Aren't these guys awesome? I think we should put our hands together and... and uh, But, but while we're doing that, I think we should put our hands together for the host team because those guys, week in, week out, do an awesome job. Thank you very much. And can I encourage you, church, if you're not serving somewhere, why not be part of our host team? Smiley face, shake a hand, g'day. I look at God help here. He is fantastic. Every time he's on that door, man, I feel good. <laughs> It's really, really a wonderful opportunity to serve God and serve others amongst us. So church, let's stand to our feet. And the kids. Now, kids, would you like to go out today? You would. 
Well, Pastor Jan thinks you should. <laughs> no, no. no, she doesn't really. She loves you guys so, so much. So you guys go and have an awesome time. And Father, we thank you for these wonderful children. Bless them and their leaders and have an awesome time. Thank you. Let's take a second. Let's close our eyes. Praise you. You are good. You are good. Let's take a moment to stay. Gaze into the eyes of our Father. Because He's good. Good, church.
sing to our, our Jesus. You're perfect in all of your ways. Are you ready to do that? Let's sing it. Let's, we're not only declaring that. It's more than that. It's you and Jesus. Us and Jesus. I cast my eyes on you, the perfect one, the one who is perfect in all of their ways. So good, there's no imperfection in God's goodness. Are you ready to sing? You're perfect? Sing. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. We sing to you, Lord, Father. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are to us. As we behold you, Lord. You are perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. To Your praise, our hearts will cry. 
to praise God. Let everything that has breath praise His holy name. Wow, awesome, awesome. Father, we thank You for Your incredible presence. Father, we thank You for Your power. We thank You for Your grace. And we thank You for breath in our lungs that we can declare the goodness and the praises and the splendour of our God in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may take a seat. God bless you. I love that song we were singing before, God is good. The Lord is good. There's a Hebrew word for good. It was, uh, you can find it in eight times in the first and second chapter of the book of Genesis. And the word is tov. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say tov. Tov. If you walk down the streets of Jerusalem today, you'd hear people going tov todah, which means it's just how you go. And they would say, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Tov is good. And the word tov means not only good, but it has the sense of being functional, being purposeful. And something that's filled with the goodness and the greatness of God. That's tov. So God made the earth, and he goes, it's tov. God made the fish, the tov. And he goes on. And, and so eight or nine times the, in Genesis 1 or 2, it says it is good, it is tov. There's one place where it says it's not good. Does anybody know what that is? It's not good for a man and, to be alone. It's not tov. And so the context of that is of the closest of all human relationships. It's not good for a man to be alone. But it's much deeper than that. It's not good for kids to be alone. It's not good for elderly people to be alone. It's not good for people to be outside of a community and be alone. But it is good when we're together. It is good when we're joined and fitted together. It is good when we're all part of the thing that God is doing in our lives. And today, God has drawn us on this journey of global missions. And today, I want to say it's tov, it's good that we are all in this together and we're all involved. That we're not left on the outside. It's not good that someone's alone. We all need to be a family and going, I'm in this all together. I'm stepping forward. I'm going to be part of global missions. I'm going to be making a faith commitment. It's not about the amount, but I'm in this because it's good. And we're together as a family that's making a difference. And the difference that we're making is seen in Asia and seen in Europe. We're going to have a video with Grant McAllister. This is some of the difference that our investment is making. So let's see it go. Thanks very much, Grant. Thanks for having me over to your house. It's great to meet everyone. I'm Grant. And um, yeah, I, think I appreciate you uh, letting me come over and share some things with you. Let me tell you a story. I think you'll really like this. It goes like this. 
As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go across to the other side of the lake. So, they got in the boat, and they set off. leaving the crowds behind on the shore. Though other boats also followed and went with them. Suddenly, a fierce storm rose up, and water started filling into the boat, and the waves were breaking and crashing in. But Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, Teacher, aren't you afraid that we're going to drown? Jesus woke up, stood up and rebuked the wind and the waves. And suddenly there was a great calm. The waves quieted down and the wind stopped. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still not have any faith? Now the disciples were absolutely terrified. And they said to each other, Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Great stuff. I think Grant's a good drawer as well. We're going to have a couple of testimonies, two or three testimonies about uh, from people why give to Global Missions and how's their faith grown through this. So Sally's going to come and share with us. Thank you, Sally. Hi. Um, I've written it down just because um, talking about money can be embarrassing, but uncomfortable, and it's a private thing. But sometimes we can learn from others when they share private stuff. I'm not good with money. I've got better, but I really have to work at it. 20 years ago, I was a, in a big mess with no money on the DPB with an eight-year-old and a part-time job studying. I went to church, but I wasn't a Christian, and I gave $2 a week. It sounds embarrassing. It's uncomfortable to say it. It seems insignificant. But it was what I had, and it was a start. So over the years, my $2 has grown. But two years ago, I stuffed up with my faith commitment. I really stuffed up. But failure is the opportunity to begin again, only this time more wisely, with God's wisdom. Last year, I felt God say I had to double my commitment, double what I had stuffed up. Scary to double something that you weren't able to do the first time. However, I had heard that when you get your pay, you give your giving, tithe or faith commitment first. 
So I finally took that advice and my faith commitment is the first online payment each fortnight. So I had doubled my commitment, but after four months I ended up in a new job with a pay decrease of 6,000 and I'm thinking, God, I stuffed up last year, now I've doubled it, how the heck can we do this? But I kept step, stepping into paying my, first, my faith commitment first. And after nine months of doing this, I won extra positions of responsibility, which secured for this year the 6,000 shortfall and a further 6,000. For this year, I'm getting double my shortfall. God blesses us in our stuff-ups, but I've learnt you have to start somewhere, listen to God, trust in Him, make your faith commitment the first payment each pay, and there are no stuff-ups. Remember, failure is only the opportunity to begin again, only this time more wisely. So ask God for his wisdom. Awesome. Let's give Sally a hand. Thank you, Sally. That's wonderful. So we're going to hear from Josh. Thanks, Josh. So Ray asked me um, why uh, Rissa and I are given to Global Missions. And the reason for us is that with, with all the things that money can go towards, you know, there's, um, there's mortgage, there's food, there's family, there's so many things that, um, that money is used for, none of that really has eternal value. And when I look at um, global missions and by investing into that, I see that I'm contributing not only to the here and now, but I'm contributing to changing people's destinies, changing eternity and, and, and sowing into that. Um, when we see these cool videos like from, from Grant and Vicky and seeing the things that our missionaries that we're supporting as a church are doing around the world, when we contribute to that financially, we're a part of that. That's part of our eternal legacy. That, that's part, it's taking something that's, that's temporary and can be used on anything, that being money, and ch making a, an eternal difference with it. So that really is why we're given to missions. Thanks so much, Josh. Let's give him a hand. Now, Nicole. Thank you. Um, I guess for for me personally, um, yeah, we I got um, saved into a church that didn't have anything to do with global missions. So it was quite Activate Church was the first church I'd come into that actually had a much more world global sort of focus, um, and. I was just really struck by the stories, I guess, that come out of um, global missions. I mean, that's where you just hear so many exciting stories about villages transformed and healings taking place and God's protection over people, and it's absolutely inspiring. For me, I don't want to go. You know, I mean, it's not, I don't feel called to go, um, and I think I just really struggle to be in that. I've been to places like India and China, and I'm just full of respect for those people that absolutely put themselves on the front line day after day to do this. It's absolutely tiring to go as a tourist, so to live and work in those countries is incredible. But what I can do is support them because what they're doing is um, absolutely fantastic work and without them... There's so thousands of people wouldn't hear the gospel. And, you know, our mission is to go out and preach the gospel to the world. And by um, our faith commitment, we can step out and say, well, I'm going to make sure that they can do it. I'm not doing it, but I can make sure that they have enough money to live and to get around and to be able to do the awesome work that they do. So it's just a small thing, but it does help make it happen for them So and for all those people 
whose lives they touch. Thank you so much, Nicole. So later in our gathering, we're going to have the opportunity to fill in a faith commitment card. This is our opportunity, as we've heard from several people this morning, to sow in by faith to make an eternal difference in the lives of people in Asia and in Europe. And I'm so excited about this. I can't wait for this, actually. It's only about another 30 minutes, Sheridan. <laughs> and then we'll be doing this. It's fantastic. But we're all in this together. And so I want to really encourage you today, take the opportunity to come up with um, your family or with your uh, husband or wife, your partner. Pray over your card as you place it in these boxes, believing for God to transform the lives of other people. We're about activating uh, community transformation. So how are we going so far with our faith commitments? Typically, we uh, raise over a quarter of a million dollars in faith commitments each year. Isn't that wonderful? Why don't you yeah, put your great. hands together and yeah, congratulate what God is doing. It is, it is wonderful. So this year, we are targeting quarter of a million dollars. So far in faith commitment cards, as you can see, we're at 20,000. We want to fill up all of those balloons. That's our target together. And we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. We can do it. Okay. We can do it together. Who wants to be part of that together to see right. communities changed and transformed for the glory of God? Isn't that good? So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as we go through the next few weeks or so. So thanks, Grant. That's fantastic. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Pastor Sheridan. He's going to come and share with us. Now, let's give him a hand as he comes. Fantastic. Thank you. Good morning. If after hearing all that, you need a good dose of faith, why don't you stand to your feet, if you'd like. You're not committing yourself to anything yet by standing, so relax. <laughs> the beauty is that we don't work for faith. God gives it to us. We exercise the muscle, but God gives us faith. The best sermon I've ever heard on faith was this. You don't need more faith. You need less unbelief. Good, isn't it? Need less unbelief. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that you've given us all the faith that we need. And Lord, it's our delight to stretch our faith muscles, even though it's uncomfortable sometimes. Thank you. Thank you for faith. Thank you that you have given us what we need. Father, this morning, we would bind unbelief in Jesus' name. We would bind that little voice that says, uh, Albert doesn't matter. We would bind that voice that says, I can't, or I don't have enough faith. We bind that. We banish those voices in the name of Jesus, and we release faith in every heart. Let faith rule the day in Jesus' name. And Father, it's our, our pleasure to ask you for this and to say what's not of you to go in Jesus' name. Father, let faith rest on every person. Let the mind behave itself now in Jesus' name. Those lies, let them stop in Jesus' name. Let us rest in the faith you've given us in peace. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Grab a seat. So I'm thinking of it. How many of us, how are we doing on our uh, uh, two connections with our faith family a week at the moment? Two connections a week? You're going to write on that? And uh, it's hard to belong if we're not connecting with people that we're on the journey with. But um, twice a week. Well, here's a thought for today. Are you ready? 
In the 9 a.m., everyone looked at me like they were terrified the whole way. So can you just decide now you're going to smile? Because that'll help me. I'm not going to be any softer, but just decide you're going to smile. Here's the thought. Discipleship involves a significant amount of personal responsibility. Discipleship involves a significant amount of personal responsibility. Each of us has the opportunity to live and respond to God, but we also have the power to ignore, to reject, and to minimize. That was a big word. What we want to do for him, what we're prepared to do for him, what we're listening to him. But discipleship actually requires, there's a lot of personal responsibility with discipleship. Actually, as I've thought about this during the week, I think for us to call ourselves Christians is a little arrogant. For us to call ourselves Christians is a little arrogant. To go around calling myself a Christian, you know, I'm a Christian, I've got the Christian badge on. Um, There's something not quite right with that. There is a little arrogance in it because at best, I think we can call ourselves disciples of Christ. We can call ourselves students of Christ, which is what a disciple of Christ is. But to call ourselves a Christian, if we understand where the term came from and how the term was first coined, you go, yeah, I'm not sure whether we have the right to call ourselves Christians or not. The first time and probably the only time we see the word Christian used, Christianos, in the Scripture is in the book of Acts. And uh, Acts 11 and Acts 26. In Acts 11 it says, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. In Acts 26, Paul is talking to Agrippa, and and, uh, then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? What we've got to understand is this term Christianos, which means follower of Christ or of the party of Christ, is an adjective and not a noun. In other words, it's a description, not a naming. It's not about putting the badge on that says, hey, I'm a Christian. Hey, I'm a Trump supporter. Hey, I'm a greenie. Whatever you do. It's not that. It's a description of who we are. And it literally means to be like Christ or a little Christ. Christianos comes from the word Christos, which means anointed one. So like little anointed ones ones who are like Christ. And so disciples in Scripture would never call themselves disciples, uh, Christians. Christians was a term that the outside world called them, and it was derogatory. It wasn't a compliment to be called a Christian. Not when the world was calling you a Christian. Now, as a Christian, as a disciple of Christ, if they were calling me Christian it would have been a compliment. But for them, it wasn't. Because what it literally meant was that you were exhibiting all the traits of Christ. Oh, you were one of those little Christs. You're one of those little anointed ones. You're one of those people. So to be called a Christian was a great honor. 
but the church wouldn't have called. The church would call each other brother, sister, things like that, but not Christian. The label that they gave was about how they lived, how they behaved, how they spoke, how they conducted themselves. Never given to themselves. So if you go to the book of Acts, it gives us some insight into the way they conducted themselves, the way they lived. Acts chapter 2. All the, from verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. There's some characteristics in there that stuck out to the community that got the community, the faith community, this label Christian stuck on it. If you read through there, number one, we see that they're devoted to the apostles' teaching. In other words, to the teachings of Jesus. They were devoted to those. They enjoyed fellowship, sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and prayer. There was a deep sense of awe that came over them, and signs and wonders were performed, miracles were performed, and that was because of the unity that they had. They shared everything. They shared money of those, with those to those that were in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes. They shared meals. These were some of the attributes that got them labelled Christian. It wasn't that they turned up to a gathering on a Sunday or to an act group during the week and got the tick. You know, I've done my Christian thing for the week. That's good. That wasn't it. It was like these guys were noticed by the community because of the way they lived. I wonder when you uh, think back over the last week at work or college or school, wherever you were, if you would have been labeled a Christian by those around you. It's a question worth asking, isn't it? I wonder what, what, what's in front of you this week at work, at school, at varsity, polytech, wherever you are. What's in front of you? I wonder if they would label you a Christian at the end of the week because of the characteristics that are leaking out of your life, the characteristics that are leaking out of my life. Or if Christians like the nice big smiley face badge that I'm wearing on my shirt just to let people know what I think. Very, very challenging. Very challenging. It was the onlookers that called them Christian. So we have great personal responsibility as disciples of Christ. We have um, our personal conduct is important, our personal conviction is important, our personal responsibility is very important. And I want to suggest to you that primarily your responsibility is to do what God's placed in front of you. The only measure I can find, I've said it before, I'll say it again, unless someone can prove me wrong, the only uh, measure I can find in Scripture for the maturity of a disciple is obedience. So you can have a mature disciple after a week of them coming to know Jesus. 
And you can have other disciples that have been disciples for 30 years. They're still not mature because the measure is obedience. It's not time. It's whether we're obedient to Christ or not. What's God put in front of you? I'll answer the question. He's put global mission in front of us. That's what he's put there, global mission. Go in, your, uh, script, in the scriptures to Acts chapter 10. I want to just have a look at uh, Peter and Cornelius. We'll go from verse 1. You can read verse 2, verse 48, but that'll take forever, so I'm not doing that. Um, I'll go to about 23. Acts chapter 1, sorry, Acts chapter 10 from verse 1. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man and was and was, eh? Hey? Oh, don't worry. I'm going to start again. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel, and the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner, who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his personal attendants. He told them what what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals and reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then, the two men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man that you're looking for. Why have you come? They said, We were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summons you to his house so that we can, so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited them in to stay the night. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. As a disciple of Christ, I'm called to be obedient with what God's got in front of me. That's what I'm called to do. You see, and the beauty is that God is always working behind the scenes. 
I read this passage of Scripture, and it's amazing. And if you know the passage of Scripture and read on, you'll find that the men came and they got Simon Peter, and then they took him back to Cornelius' place. Peter preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to Cornelius, and Cornelius and his whole household were saved. Beyond that, not only were they saved, but the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. Just like a few chapters earlier had happened to the Jews. Now God was doing it to the Gentiles. This, for us, is one of the most significant passages in the New Testament. God is working behind the scenes to bring all these things together. But what I love is all Peter had to do was say yes to what God had put in front of him. That's all he had to do. What Cornelius had to do was say yes to what God had put in front of him. For Peter, it was a vision about the clean and unclean, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, three men are coming looking for you, go with them. Now actually there's a whole lot under that with him going with them, but nonetheless, all he had to do was say yes. God put that in front of him, go with these men. Yes, okay. For Cornelius, has a dream. God says, go and get Peter. He sends people out to get Simon Peter. That's all he had to do. All he had to do was what was in front of him. He didn't have to look too far ahead. It was just simply saying yes to God, obedience to what was in front of him. All we need to do is say yes to God with what is in front of us. I love the fact that uh, that God has spoken so clearly to us as a church. No, it's not a mystery what we're about, is it? We're about global mission. We're about prayer. That's what he said. Let's do that. I love that. What are we about? We're about global mission. We're about prayer. Easy. Kind of everything else comes in that. If you've got time left over, just let me know. Global mission, prayer. What's he put in front of us? He's put global mission in front of us. When I, um, when I am overseas and I, I do get to, to um, travel a bit, looking after various ministers and churches and, and, and encouraging, supporting our missionaries, and um, you know, most of you are sitting there thinking, yeah, what, that, what a life. That's awesome. But you obviously never traveled on your own, number one, if that's what you're thinking. Airports are the most boring place in the world, if that's what you're thinking. Last year I went to UK to do a conference, and, and uh, I got off the plane. I went London direct. I got off the plane in London, got in a taxi. I went from the taxi to my hotel. From the hotel, I walked 200 meters to the conference, conference venue and back to the hotel. Three days. Got in the taxi, went back to the airport, flew home. It's hardly what you call a holiday, is it? And then you, fly, you show up on Monday to work, just like... Fresh as a daisy. You can be fresh for the first two days. The third day is always a nightmare, but there you go. Anyway, when I'm, often I get overwhelmed. And, um, and I was in Delhi earlier in the year, and I was standing on a street corner trying to cross the road, which in itself is a mission. And uh, it's like you just got to commit 100%. When you go, you go. Don't stop, no matter what happens. Um, and I'm standing on the street, and I'm just looking around at the people, people everywhere. Hustle, bustle, you've got the latest, um, you know, Bentley driving past there and you've got some guy trying to pedal a push cart thing with three tonne of steel on it here. There's this huge sense of injustice and it just plays with your mind. And I'm standing on the street corner and it's not the first time it's happened, but I look around and I just start to sense despair. I say to God, 
Why do we bother? Surely it's just easier to go, turn my head and go back to New Zealand and do what we do. Why do we bother? The the issues are so big around the globe. Why do we bother? And the Holy Spirit speaks to me as he always does and says, Sheridan, if every person did what I put in front of them, if every person did what I asked them to do, there would be no problem. No problem at all. What you see wouldn't exist. If every person responded to me. So today with Global Mission, I'm quite excited because we've got an opportunity in front of us to respond to God. We've got an opportunity in front of us to do our bit. So can I ask you a couple of questions? First question is, what is in front of you right now? Before you think too deeply, I'll answer that question for you, Global Mission. (laughs) Question two. Personal responsibility. What is your responsibility as a disciple with global mission? Now, the tendency is to think about what the people on our left and right should be doing right now. I was sitting in between Jan and Wendy. I know what Jan's doing because we've talked about it, but my mind boggles what Ray and Wendy are going to (laughs) do. I hope they're going to do good. I really do. No, no, it's not about what Ray and Wendy are going to do. It's not about what Jan and I are going to do. What are you going to do? Don't pass it on. What are you going to do? What's in front of you right now? Third question is Christianity, is being a Christian a label or is it a reflection of your life? Because everyone can help. Everyone can do something. Shane Willard spoke a couple of weeks ago. He spoke that message. It was outstanding. Somebody buried something. It was a great message. Let's not be people who bury something. What can you do? What can you do to help? And I think the question, when we're talking about being involved, so many people, particularly in today's generation, ask the question, why? Why, 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 why? I'll tell you why in a minute. But it's not actually the right question. The question is, why not? Why not be involved? Why not respond to what God's doing? Why not respond to what God's put right in front of me? It's a much better question. Why not? 2 Corinthians 9 says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their needs, sorry, their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and bread to eat. In the same way, He will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those in need, they will thank God. They will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem in this case will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, 
They will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all the believers uh, and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace of God. And goes on. It's beautiful. It's great. Can I make this point quickly? Giving to global missions is not tithe. It's not tithing. Two different things. Tithing is, well, you can't be generous with your tithe. You either tithe or you don't tithe. You can't be generous with it. Tithe is one-tenth. Tithe was put in place before the Mosaic law, in the Mosaic law, and then Jesus endorses it after that Mosaic law in the, in the Scriptures. Tithing is a different thing. Tithing is, um, is God's. It's not ours. It's God's. He entrusts it to us to give back to Him. It really is a reflection of our heart. It's a character test, some personal responsibility in our discipleship. Here, I'll put this in your hand. Will you give it back or will you not? Tithing, um, you give to the local church, whichever part of local church you're part of, to help extend, establish, and continue the work of God. That's what you do with tithing. This is offering. That's different. It's over and above that. An offering you can be generous with. A tithe you cannot. You either do or you don't. But offering is... Gen- you be generous with an offering. It says be generous on every occasion, just so you understand the difference. So this is about offerings. It's about generosity. It's not about tithes. But here you go. Why, why should you? What's a good reason that we should be sowing into Global Mission this year? Here's a good reason. Global Missions this year will see us make disciples in Thailand, in China, in Hong Kong, in Vietnam, in South India, in North India, in Europe, in Indonesia, in New Zealand, in Hamilton, and other places as well. That's pretty cool. That's a good reason. Crikey. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good reason to sew in. That is a good reason. Are you like, you like scared that if you smile, it means you're committing yourself to giving or something? Because if you're part of the church, you've already committed yourself to it. It's how much, not if. This is what we do. So you can smile. That's all right. Makes it far less painful. Global missions will also, and I love this, and we're just starting to push down this road a little bit more. Our global missions this year with some of the people we're partnering with and some of our missionaries and be some new people we're partnering with as well, we're going to address poverty. We're going to address trafficking and slavery and we're going to address educational needs as well in the places that we're working. Is that cool or what? Did you know? I think it's fantastic. Did you know in Asia, you can buy a slave, be that for whatever you want, or a sex slave, which is often what the trafficking's about, for $300 New Zealand. 300 bucks. You can buy a slave. It is the biggest blight on the planet at this point of time. And uh, I think it's one of the things that we should be speaking against and helping against. Hope for the hopeless. So here's the deal. 250000 sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? It does. Sounds like a lot of money. If every adult and child who are part of our faith family gave $250 a week, we would exceed our total significantly. Uh, um, a year. $250 a year. You're all freaking out for a moment there. Many of you could do that, no problem, let me say. 
Come on, be honest. Because you spend on other things. You, you could. No, but seriously, if, two, if every adult and child in our family of faith here, Activate Church Hamilton, gave $250 a year, we would exceed our total by a long shot. That is $5 per head per week. No, I'm going beyond. Your faith is too small. $5 per head per week. I would say there may be a very, very small exception, but nearly every family, every person can do that if we want to. If we want to. $5 a week. Now, in many cases, you could give $50 a week, $500 a week, $5,000 a week. You know what your situation is. None of my business. But there's people in this room, numbers of them, who can do way, way better than five bucks a week. Jan and I have decided that we're going to do way, way, way better than five bucks a week. In fact, we're going to do many times better because we want to. Will it come at a cost of something else? Yeah, sure it will. But we want to. We want to. You can do five bucks a week. That would be surely a minimum, eternal fruit, eternal results. Not only eternal results, but this world as well, making life better. I have not yet met the person who is working with Jesus now that wasn't, who will not say life is not better with Jesus. Life's way better with Jesus. We still have struggles, we still have trials, we still have problems, we have the stuff of this world. But walking with Jesus is hope to the hopeless. It has eternal fruit. And I want to um, encourage, but I also want to challenge us. What can we do in local, global, sorry, global mission this year? Because it's what we do. And we can change lives in, let me go back to my list, Thailand and China in Hong Kong, in Vietnam, in South India, in Africa, um, yeah, Africa as well, actually. Africa, but North India, South India, Europe, Indonesia, New Zealand, Hamilton. We can change lives. Or we can stand on the street corner and go, the problem's just so overwhelming. What do I do? Where do I start? It's too big. I'm not going to do anything. But together, my goodness. What can we do? What can we do? So what we're going to do, do you want to um, get the kids, Jen? Just before the kids come, in a moment we're going to fill out these forms and I'll tell you how to do that. But parents of kids, I'm inviting all the kids back and, and I, what we're going to do is as we put our cards in the green bins, if you're married with children, I'm going to encourage you to get your kids with you and pray as you put it in. Now, depending on how your household works, you may or may not disclose how much you're giving to them. It doesn't matter. But get your kids to agree with you in prayer that, hey, this is our faith promise. We're doing this as a family. Couples, come and 
pray together, hey, we're doing this together. If you're here on your own this morning, you're not really. You're here with the family. But come and no, Lord, I give this to you. I'm stepping out in faith. Now, you, can, you might just want to give a gift today. You might go, oh, I don't want to do it throughout the year. I just want to give it. Go for your life. You do it. Right, right on here because that helps me with budgeting for what we're going to commit to the, the missionaries this coming year. But, but you can do that. Just give it today and write global mission on it and everything. Do that. But if it's going to come over the year, same thing. Put your card in. You might be saying, um, uh, I've already put my card in. I never got to pray. Well, just come and put a blank card in in that case and pray. It's whoever you want to pray with. But I think we can all be involved. What you do is you fill this card out, your name and details. You don't have to put that on there. There's no police in person coming to check whether you're paying. The name is simply so that we can send you information of what's happening with missions, what's going on. What's happening is people see newsletters and bits and pieces. The amount, the likely installation amounts, etc. Take the card, rip it in half. This half has really good information for you. Keep that half. This half goes in the box, like so, and we can go forward. That's pretty easy, eh? That's easy. So you will find the cards either on your seat, in the seat pocket in front of you, or... Uh, the host team will come racing down the aisles right now and they will hand them out. If you haven't got one and can't find one, just give them a little wave and they will do that. Yeah, give them a little wave if you need one. Here they come. It's the, uh, it's the green card that has our global mandate on the back if you're looking at the seat in front of you. I'm really, really excited about some of the opportunities God's opening up globally in front of us at the moment. Absolutely amazing. And we will make a difference. Great. Everyone got a card? Did the kids get the nod? They did. filling out the form. The longer the kids take to come, the more zeros you can put on. Works. Works. It's good. Oh, they're going around coming in the back. Yeah, bring them in. No, it's great. They don't need to be quiet. Just bring them in. Kids, how about finding your parents or whoever you came with? Go and grab a seat with them. Look how quiet they are. Unbelievable. And Muller's taking all the credit for their quietness. <laughs> Yeah, go and find your people. 
you guys might want to take turns doing this. I don't know how you want to work it, but um, you know, families come and pray together, so that that'd be great. I've mucked that up, eh? Because I was going to say, let's sing a song, and then I said, all go. Right, cool. Kids, you found your parents or whoever you came to church with? That's great. Do you want to stand to your feet? We're going to pray. I want to pray. And then we're going to sing a song. We'll do our best to sing a song. And um, as we're singing that song, why don't you come down together and please pray before you put it in. Faith promise that God will make up the difference. I love Sally's story. Father, I thank you that you've provided for us. I thank you that we can make a difference. And Father, I thank you that as we step out in faith, you will provide, you will make up the difference. You have all the resources. You are the source of all things. And our faith is that through being obedient to you, we will see significant impact around the world this year. Lord, stir faith, even now I pray. In Jesus' name, to stir us a little bit out of our comfort zone. Give us a nudge. Give us the opportunity to go out on the edge and say yes to you. And then by faith, we believe. We believe for provision. We believe for lives changed. We believe that we will make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we sing that song in the creed? And then as we do that, feel free. There's three boxes along the front here. Come and take a moment. Pray. Pray with your family, couple, however you are. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you. 
Father, we thank You for the incredible privilege it is to partner with You. Father, today as we've heard of the story of Peter and Cornelius, that in their yesterday, they said yes to You. And in our today, we say yes today to You, Lord. Father, may You take these faith commitments, these gifts, may You multiply them supernaturally, Lord. May they reach the purposes for which you have ordained and destined them to reach. That lives would be saved, churches built, those that are caught in trafficking would be rescued, those that are uneducated would learn. That, Lord, together we play our part to see the mission, the good news of Jesus go around this globe for the glory and the fame of the name of Jesus. Thank you for that privilege. Just while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, if you're here today and you don't know what it is to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus, if you have never said yes to Jesus like the Apostle Peter did, like Cornelius said, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to live my best life in following you. If that's you this morning, while every eye is closed and head is bowed, can you give me a wave? Take a few moments. That's cool. Oh, cool. Thank you, Jesus. Well, can we put our hands together to give Pastor Sheridan... Hand for a great message. Thank you. It's wonderful.